0: Brothers and sisters, welcome to Budo, The Martial Way. As always, my name is Lewis. And today I'm joined again with a very special guest. I've got Jay, a good friend of mine from Twitter. You may know him as Black Dog Alchemy. Thank you very much for joining us, Jay.
1: Thanks very much for having me. It's really uh, good to be here.
0: Yeah, we've we've talked quite a lot before in uh, a lot of Twitter spaces. And I know we've had some uh, we've had some really good conversations in that. Yeah, I'm really looking forward to this uh,
1: opportunity to have a chat to you again today. It's always good, mate.
0: Yeah. So, so what can you tell me about your your Twitter space? Because I, I don't even remember how we got connected, but obviously, using Twitter, these kind of circles appear, these kind of networks, and. Um, yeah, we both definitely fell into the same kind of uh the same kind of groups, the same kind of people, the same kind of how would you describe it? The kind of self-actualization, self-help, self-growth. Um yeah. masculinity, father. I'm looking at your banner now. Fatherhood, masculinity, inner work. That's exactly it. That's exactly what we're there for.
1: Yeah, I think um originally I can't remember how I came across your profile, but I bought your excellent book oh
0: yeah and it. thank you very much for that yeah.
1: yeah yeah so i read i remember i read your book and then I, I think i sent you a dm um to say hi and to say what i thought about it and then we kind of went from there really mm. um so yeah it's been uh it's been a really good journey actually so far with twitter like, i kind of joined i think i joined like last july um really as a um i'd never been on twitter before and uh, i thought you know, I'll give it a go and start just uh, essentially tweeting to talk to myself or talk to my younger self. Um, and then it's kind of gone from there really. And I didn't really get serious with it, using it until probably August, September, something like that last year. Um, and it's been really good since then. Yeah. Like connecting with a lot of good people such as yourself and, um, it's been enjoyable process, um, writing and, uh, yeah, so I'm, I'm, I'm really enjoying the, the journey with it so far it's been it's been really good and getting lots of really good feedback from it as well which is cool
0: yeah definitely i think i think on to some degree everybody that joins twitter they have first you well I, I know certainly for myself first you have an idea of what you think twitter is and what you think the kind of the community is and how you think it works but once you actually get into it and you start connecting with people and you start You start finding some of the, you know, the characters um, that are kind of popular in different circles. Um, It it, it can really be quite surprising the kind of atmosphere that you find. And, um, and And that atmosphere you find, the people you connect with, the circles you fall into, that is entirely dependent on you. Yeah, because there are some people who yeah. who use Twitter that oh oh it's just filled with conflict and people arguing and blah blah blah, and like <laughs> and well if that's what you look for and if that's what you engage with then yes absolutely but if you there's so many positive people and there's so many um, really good influences that can give you a lot of good information a lot of good uh, motivation and really help to push you in the right direction and I hope that is something that we um uh, what's the word commit to the space i hope that's something we are contributing to the space Mm. yeah i'm very mindful of that i totally
1: agree um it's like anything in life it it is you get from it what you put in really and if you want to go in there looking for drama um and arguing and all this kind of stuff then you will find it and if you go in you know, intentions to connect with people and to spread positivity and, you know, help people on a on their journey, whatever way it might be, um, then you'll find it there as well. You know, there's there's plenty of people, so you can find whatever whatever little niche that you want to find yourself in. And it's the same with anything in life, isn't it? Same with any social media platform. It can be uh, toxic and uh, incredibly negative on your life, or it can be incredibly... Um, nurturing and uh, inspiring etc so um and the same with your day-to-day life isn't it in real life the people that you find yourself associating with if you're spreading negativity and gossiping and complaining all the time then that's the kind of world that you will find yourself living in
0: truly and that that is the wheel of karma and Mm. um it's it and i think that's even more apparent on social media because in your local environment um you are limited by circumstance. Like what area do I live in? What the company that I work at, um, the friends, the kind of my friends of friends, you know, like a lot of it is kind of somewhat predetermined, but on Twitter, you join it, you don't know anyone, no one knows you, and you have equal access to every account so hmm. yeah that that um that karmic balance will assert itself very quickly and and yeah well th- this is what we've seen with the um what's the word the um the like the, with facebook with youtube the algorithm that's the word i was looking for yeah the algorithm algorithm gives you more of what you engage with so if you find yourself just being bombarded with negativity to a certain degree that's what you're engaging with
1: yeah yeah totally and the more that you feed it with commenting negative comments or arguing or then that's what that's yeah that's what it'll give back to you as well so i've been very uh c- conscious to cultivate the right kind of feed um, and that's something that i've been increasingly aware of generally in my life over the last uh, i mean it's been years now like um of, of but it's just increasingly conscious consumption of media full stop you know um i don't really watch the i don't watch the tv you know we might watch the odd film on netflix I tend to watch more documentaries and stuff on youtube um but you know i don't listen to the i don't listen to the radio the mainstream radio i don't listen to you know i listen to like music on spotify or podcasts on spotify um i don't watch the news I, don't, I certainly don't watch the mainstream news because um, it's no. just <laughs> pumping out that fear porn and 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 constant, you know, clickbait. Because they're desperate to get you sitting there watching their, especially the legacy media, with their, um, you know, out of date product. Um, so, you know, I'm very conscious about my media consumption. So, I'm the same with my with my Twitter space. It's, uh, you know, if there's any trolling or anything that's going on, comments that. I just, I just block people. <laughs> it's just simple. I'm not, I'm not there for drama. I'm there to do something positive and hopefully inspiring and interesting for people. Um, and for myself, you know, I want to be there. I want to enjoy the space. Um, and I want to be surrounded by good people who are interested and engaged in their own, uh, personal development and, you know, spiritual practice and that kind of thing.
0: Yeah, I definitely use the muted words function on Twitter a lot. It's just, you know, you see these conversations pop up, these hot topics, these issues and it and and for you to be able to make that conscious conscious decision that I don't want to engage with this and if you can just add a few key words to your muted list, that'll just filter that out a lot more. But I think hmm. that, that ability to consciously curate your media consumption is really, really key. To be able to walk away from things that you don't want to engage in, because a lot of the time it's, it's, yeah, you just throw in stuff, and it's yeah, it's kind of interesting, and and but I think one of the big problems is um, the kind of recreational outrage. And the thing about the thing about anger in general is almost always with anger, you feel justified in it. That's mm. the um, that's the sweetness to the poison of anger is that you feel justified, and that's what we always see. We see all these people that are they're so angry about something and and it's like i i'm fighting for what's right i'm fighting for what's good and it's and it's just all this conflict and all this noise and it's like oh it's okay all right it's so easy just to just to kind of jump on that bandwagon and i want to be the good guy i want to fight the bad guys me i'm right i'm i'm doing the right thing i'm taking action and it's just this endless conflict but um But to have that direction, like you said, to curate your media, whether it's um, the films you watch, the books you read, Mm. uh, the music you listen to, all of these things is really important. And to have direction. And that is certainly something for me. Looking back, that's something I never, ever had until I was. Wow, until I was about 21 21 years old when I started committing myself to to my, my martial arts practice um mm. throughout my my whole all my whole teenage years just just yeah just just no no direction whatsoever just adrift at this in the sea of life
1: <laughs> yeah that's funny because like I was just thinking about the the media consumption element of that where you know, it took me a long time to, re- like a long time, like I was well into my 30s by the time I really realized about the impact of um, the media that I was consuming and was having on my um, mental health, really. Um, so, you know, I was, I was definitely, you know, living in London and listening to, watch, listening to the news every day. I listened to Radio 4. So, you know, it's like not for the commonest. I was listening to the good stuff. I listened to Radio 4, getting really hooked into all the political drama of the time and uh but then the music i was listening to was really dark uh, <laughs> Like listening to like you know dark throne and Burzum and all this black metal stuff um but like yeah really dark and aggressive music and then wondering why i was really not happy at the time <laughs> that wasn't the the sole reason it wasn't because i was listening to like really dark depressive music but it certainly wasn't doing me any favors um and then so i've been very conscious of the way that media can influence my um my sense of well-being or my state of mind at the time because it's incredibly powerful that you know i don't we do have a tv but we don't have the tv on Mm. um it's used as a tool like some people put it on it's on all day and they just leave it constantly but we never have the tv on like that honestly, we'll put it on for an hour honestly,
0: sorry to interrupt but honestly no yeah my um my my wife's my family-in-law they mm. always have the tv on like honest <laughs> to god like and even like when it's just like no one's watching it no one's watching yeah. it we're we're sat in like the kitchen like around like or having a conversation we, we're doing anything else but they just have the tv on constantly <laughs> yeah and it's it's just, i've noticed that it's just constantly on and i'm just kind of like uh i'm not it, yeah i'm not really a fan of of just having it on it, constantly it
1: Does one nothing it really does one nothing because it's like our, we um our tv broke so we were living in london we we're in a flat and uh we didn't you know we used to watch yeah we used to watch tv every night actually and then um you know watch two a couple of hours at least two or three hours um and then the TV broke suddenly, and then I remember I threw, I threw it out the window, which sounds far more. <laughs> it, it sounds rock and roll. More, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it it, it, sounds very, it sounds very Keith Moon like uh, rock and roll moment. But actually, I took it the window because we we're on the ground floor. Right. <laughs> it wasn't really that exciting. It wasn't. It wasn't a Led Zeppelin moment. It was more just like a plop. Anyway, so. <laughs> <laughs> so i threw it through the tv out the window which just sounds far more exciting than it actually was and i was like uh yeah we're not going to buy another one and then we didn't have a tv for for years after that like um we only bought one a couple of years ago actually mainly for the kids so they can watch movies because we were watching stuff on the laptop or the ipad and i was like oh this is getting a bit ridiculous now got three kids and they're trying to <laughs> crouch around this little thing so we bought a tv but yeah we don't we don't actually have it on. Um, apart from set times when we're watching a, a specific show it's like half an hour we watch that and then we're done but yeah, yeah going back to your point yes I, I cannot be in a house now that's got the TV on because I'm I don't watch because we don't because we're very conscious in the media that we consume like I, I very rarely see adverts or like you know like mainstream TV where they especially in Australia it was awful it's like it's a bit like in America, like every five or ten minutes, there's an advert, right. and you're constantly disrupted. And the volume obviously sh- shifts when the adverts come on, and uh, and it's like the radio, like they they they're trying to they're pushing forward a certain kind of energy. It's it's it, what it is. Is I find that it's like really high energy, but the contents of a low frequency. Does that make sense? <laughs> that so, makes
0: perfect sense. Yes. <laughs> so, the,
1: so the radio, I actually find the radio incredible, especially here. Like it's so annoying. The, the Like most channels, the mainstream, they've got lots of adverts and then the presenters come on and they sound like absolute fucking idiots. And they talk to you as if you're a child. Hey guys, this is what we're doing today. Blah, 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 blah. And they're like super high energy, mm. uh, complete aiming for the lowest con- common denominator. Yet, the, the energy is high, but the frequency is low, and I'm like, I can't, I can't be around it. Like, I find it incredibly difficult. If I'm in someone's house, I'm like, oh, Do you want just can we turn the TV off so we can talk a little bit? Because yeah. um, I just find even, like, especially breakfast TV, is the the one thing that I absolutely despise because it is aimed at like I talk to you as if you're a like a 90 year old. Kind of thing. Hello, are you okay? Would you like a biscuit? Do you want to go to the toilet? Yeah, like, it's this no, strangely
0: kind of placating attitude. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Where, yeah, they're trying to like they they're talking about nothing, or or they're talking about if it's like Ukraine or something, they'll dumb it down to the most absolute basic two dimensional. Buddies so and buddies. Yeah, yeah. Literally, someone someone online said something about. Um, about how people have their like political socio political understanding of the world from Marvel movies. This and it, it's <laughs> it's so true. This really two dimensional goodies and baddies. And that's what this all this conflict and duality is about is about if I fight the baddies, well what does that make me? That makes me the goodie. And I wanna be the goodie. So <laughs> it's everybody tell- baddies. Yeah, well exactly but it is a very childish
1: mentality like my my daughter, who's three, I can't think what, something, she saw a book or something that my older son's reading uh, about, well, we mentioned something about war, something came up about war briefly. Uh, not that we're having these conversations with the kids, but something came up about fighting or war or something. And she's like, well, who are the goodies and who are the baddies? And I was like, of course, because in that, say, in her young mind, that's the way you know TV that's the way the cartoons are presented and it's very black and white mm-hmm. but then it's funny that many adults still never progress past that childlike state of well if they're they're the baddies and we're the goodies and it's very black and white and I can it's easy to understand and compartmentalize this um and then the, then obviously the media are constantly looking for that opportunity to so like how do we simplify this down into a complete soundbite that a five-year-old child could understand but that's, then at this, while at the same time passing it off as some kind of intellectual um, insight. Mm,
0: that's why people always come back to calling people Nazis. It always comes <laughs> back to calling people Nazis because that World War Two, fighting Hitler, the... Um, the concentration camps the holocaust that that was a very clear time where i think everybody can agree so we can all agree the the nazis they were the baddies right we're all on board with this right we can all agree like the vietnam war well, who was the goodies? Who was the baddies there? You know, uh, should America have been there? Not really. No. Um, so, you know, that's like, oh, ooh, that's a little bit too, that's a little bit too gray. But the Nazis, oh, no, 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 no. The Nazis, they're the baddies. So if you can label someone a Nazi, everybody understands that's the baddie.
1: Yeah, but they unfortunately it's used to the point where the word Nazi doesn't actually mean means anything at all. It means means absolutely nothing. If you disagree
0: with me, you are a Nazi.
1: (laughs) But then at the same time, it's like uh, why is why is communist not being used uh, more widely as a as a term for a baddie as well?
0: This is something I've I have said repeatedly that like because you see on Twitter now you see a lot of people. Who proudly state, "I'm a communist. I'm a communist." Like <laughs> communism killed many, millions, many, many tens millions of millions more than the Nazis ever did. Stalin, yeah. Mao, far worse. They've got a far higher kill count than Pol Pot. Hitler. Yeah. Oh Jesus, the Khmer Rogue. Oh my God. They were so, crazy. Like when I
1: went to Cambodia. Um, oh God,
0: the killing many years fields. Ago. I've, I've heard yeah. about
1: them. Yeah. yeah, I went there. I went. To, so I went to Cambodia in I want to say it was about two thousand and two, uh, and it was it wasn't it wasn't long after the civil war had ended there. Oh wow. So it was proper Wild West then. Um, the place was um riddled with bullet holes. the The roads, there were no roads to speak of. It was dirt track. I remember going on on, on a small little bus across across the country. And every station from town to town, it was like 12 or 14 hours of just potholes. And it was, it, it took ages to get anywhere. I mean, that's different now, but but it was yeah, completely wild west. And you got to see the killing fields and you, there was um, some very basic museums about the, the, the crimes of the Khmer Rouge who were actually still in the mountains at the time. Like you still had to be careful about where you went through mm-hmm. Cambodia at the time. But the, I mean, it was horrific, and especially because they've got the kids. um, Obviously, because that's how communism or or that that kind of, yeah, that kind of totalitarianism ends up just eating itself. And that's what they ended up doing. They had the kids who were denouncing other people and the kids were torturing adults and in the most horrific ways. um, And it just becomes this, like, spiral um, where they just turn on themselves eventually. Because uh, it's this purity spiral, where it's like, who's the are
0: you, who's are the... You, talk, you just sounds like you're talking about contemporary social politics now.
1: <laughs> this is social media. Yeah, yeah, totally. This is totally like what happens, and it's the same thing. It just plays itself out again, but in a, in different forms. Um, but unfortunately, people don't seem to don't seem to see it, or well, not. You know, not everybody sees it anyway.
0: Yeah, those who forget the crimes of the past are doomed to repeat them 100 mm, yeah well so that brings us on nicely too because i i wanted to talk about having direction and mm. we i think we were saying about how both of us when we were younger having no direction and certainly i feel that the direction the direction that i was given by Society when I was younger was generally why are you in school? Well, to get qualifications. Okay, well, what's the best place to get qualifications? University. Okay, so go to university and then get a job. And then once you have a job, I guess save up for a mortgage. That would be a pretty good thing to do. Get a mortgage. I don't know. Maybe have a family, maybe have kids. You don't have to if you don't want to. Uh, and then just work at your job until you die, and that was mm. that was as much that was as much kind of you know of a of a roadmap for my life that I got, and I th- yeah, that just didn't really I on some level I I knew that that's just weak (laughs) and Mm. and i want i wanted something more and certainly i think that will apply to a lot of people now it's like that can't be all there is to life or that can't be i have all this energy inside me yeah we have Mm. these these generations these centuries of of warriors and conquerors and i have all this energy inside me i want to go out i want to do something i want to create something i want to destroy something i want to meet people i want to i want to do something and all you're giving me is get a degree and then get a, get an office job like that that's that's not <laughs> it that's not it yeah it was um
1: yeah it's funny thinking about it as you're saying that about um For me at school, it was very much like, so like I'm from a, like a small, like working class town in the West Midlands of England. And, um, it was very much, I remember like the careers, the, the extent of the careers advice at school was really, you're either going to be, you're going to either work in a factory, you might be pick up a trade and work on a building site, or if you're lucky you might work in an office or a bank i mean and and that was about it really that was mm. the i don't remember there being any particular discussions about you know the possibilities in the world and, and some people did back then some some people a few people went to university but most people at my school didn't um it wasn't whether that's changed now i'm not sure probably a lot of people go into like further education in I various think, different yeah, forms i,
0: I think um, but, university um numbers have gone up a lot
1: yeah so a but, lot of but, that but, is
0: on it like in uh, certainly in the uk um universities have just become they're just companies they're just businesses and you can get well they're
1: just like kind of holding grounds really aren't they like you <laughs> like that's what it feels like you sort of okay you've you you've reached a certain age we don't really know what to do with all the energy and um all the testosterone and all the particular, you know, obviously for the blokes, but we don't know what to do with all this energy. So we're going to put them into these educational facilities for like a few years, almost like a containment unit. And if they manage to, for the for the, for the, the general masses, if you manage to come out with an education, then that's good. But you'll tend to come out there with either a drug problem or an alcohol problem um, and um, you've just kind of fritted away three or four years. Of your life, and that's a sweeping generalisation. I'm, I'm, I'm aware, of. but um, that was largely, That was largely my experience. You know, like I, I, I actually worked incredibly hard at university, but I also partied incredibly hard as well. <laughs> um, hard,
0: play hard. Yeah, Fair I enough.
1: mean, I, I, because, I, but I didn't. I still didn't know. Like, I thrived at university because I loved the work, studying psych, psychology and sociology and and some politics as well, and I, I absolutely loved the work. Um, And I'd actually, before I went to uni, I'd been, I I took a year out and really just ended up working in a a couple of different factories. And, um, and I remember, I remember um, working in one factory in particular, um, and I was working with these guys and they'd been there for, one of the guys had been there for like 30 years and the other guy had been there for about 15 years and like, I think it was like Friday and they were like waiting to go down the pub and all this kind of stuff. And I was like, fuck, like if I don't pull my finger out, like this is me. Like I was completely, I didn't know what I wanted to do at all, but I just knew that I was not going to end up in this factory for the rest of my life, which is could well easily have happened. So when I got to uni, I worked incredibly hard, but yeah, I mean, I, I definitely burnt the candle at both ends. Cause I was working, I did really well with my degree, but, um, I parted incredibly hard, but then I left and uh, I had no idea what I wanted to do at all. Um, I thrived within that environment, Um, but it took me years to sort of find any real direction um, and any real meaning from what I was meant to do with my life.
0: Yeah, it's interesting you said about um, getting that job and seeing those people, I had the exact same experience. The first part-time job I had, I can't remember. Like it was just like a little, just like just something I did for like a couple of months or something. It was, um, I don't know, I was 16, 17 years old. Um, it was picking and packing in a warehouse, and there was a guy there. There was a few guys there who were like these middle-aged guys, and. And that warehouse, when you're inside, when you're working, there's like two little windows at either end of the warehouse where you can actually see the daylight outside. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, you're just walking up and down these dark corridors, yeah, yeah. dusty corridors. And I saw these middle-aged guys. And I just thought, oh, my God. like I I could not do this. I could not do this for like years on years on just decades i i I need to do anything i can for this not to be my life Mm. um so for me i kind of um i really i'm so grateful for stumbling across my own direction as i have because i started practicing i did karate when i was young when i was a kid but then i started doing muay thai when i was uh 21 years old and then as i was doing muay thai i eventually i started like helping as an instructor and helping out with that and then i joined the army and that kind of came together and like well i enjoyed teaching so then i became a personal trainer um and then um, I did some work in security, so all of these things really tied together. And mm. and I was uh, I'm really really grateful for that because when I left school, I had no direction whatsoever at all. But now and then, as I was as working as a personal trainer, I just started teaching Muay Thai. Um, but then, you know, then I started learning more about like, okay, well, how do we deal with stress and, you know, looking at, um, meditation and looking at, um, psychology and looking at religion and looking at Zen and Buddhism and the Tao and, and Hellenistic philosophy and, um, um, uh, stoicism and that led me down this whole path and and over the years over all this experience I've had that's given me the shape and given me the direction and given me that mm. life philosophy but I really feel like for me I just stumbled across that you know like, yeah, yeah. and I but I'm so glad that I did because if, if I kept going down the path that I was on when I was a teenager God I was on the path of darkness honestly and and it's i really feel that um i was lifted up out of that and i'm i'm just so grateful so grateful yeah it's
1: incredibly fortunate like i mean i think it's the um like going back to what we're saying earlier i think it's the beauty of the internet these days that look younger guys uh, younger guys and girls will be able to will stumble across this stuff more readily um Mm. because it's more prevalent on you know youtube and stuff if you know if you're lucky, anyway, the algorithm will throw some stuff up about personal development, and you can come across ch- teachers like you know Jordan Peterson, or you can find Alan Watts now really easy on YouTube, yeah. and people come across all this stuff. Um, so I think that's that's great, but but at the same time, it's a sh- it's it always feels like a shame that there's, there's not a more there's not that kind of initiation process that young people go through these days, or or for for years now, where you know. The education system will teach you facts and figures about stuff, and if you're lucky, you get into some more, you know, uh, critical analysis and more exploratory things. But like, is it really equipping young people with the like having a mentor for one, which young boys in particular would really benefit from um, having a proper mentor uh, who's got that experience who can help guide young men on their journey. Uh, within a brotherhood as well which is sorely lacking today and i know it's starting to come up again but um which is great to see and i think that's so vitally important and then and then having a more structured approach to helping young men in particular um understand their work on their mindset their resilience their um self-talk their emotional um Emotional intelligence, and I think all these things are like. I feel that's the kind of training that that young men would really benefit from, Uh, particularly these days when you've got the darker side of the internet, where they've got more ready access to pornography from a very young age, which is incredibly disturbing, Um, and also overconsumption of like video games, um, which is also a massive problem. So. It's yeah. So I think it's 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 a shame, and I'd I'd love to be able to do something like that at one point in time. Will be to have some kind of something accessible for young men, because obviously everything online has got um, or or a lot of men's groups and stuff online have got a um, understandable um, uh, cost to access. Mm. Um, But it would be fantastic if there was a, a social enterprise or Uh, something with a really low ticket offer that young men could become a part of and it was online and it was in person and it would help it would connect up young men to mentors uh, and take them through so called like a developmental journey to help um, to help them get get that vision understand their values um establishing the right mindset pushing them out into the world so they can go and create and use all that energy in a really positive way um i'd love to be able to because i just feel like that's that kind of initiation process is just sorely lacking within within modern society
0: yeah there's something i've thought a lot about recently is um so here in japan they have a really big culture of uh, high school like um clubs and like uh whether it's sport teams or or, uh, something like that they have a really big culture for that and uh, I think in in the UK we only really have that at university I Mm. think in uh, in high school we don't really have such a big thing but here they oh god they've got so many teams and I love it I love seeing it they've got all kinds of you know they have like photography club and I don't know astronomy club all kinds of different stuff but uh, yeah they, they, they love basketball baseball soccer um, they've got a lot of sports teams and um, that's something when I have kids I was thinking, yeah, when my kids, when they grow up, when they're in middle school, high school, that's something I would like to. I'd really like to take part in. I'd be delighted if if they uh, if they join in the you know judo, karate, kendo, one of the martial arts clubs. I'd be absolutely delighted. But um, whatever club they join, if it's some kind of competitive sporting club, I'd really love to take part in that and to 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 help to coach that. Um, that's something I'm really excited for to to help guide that that younger generation.
1: Yeah, I really encourage my uh, my kids. My older son's nine, uh, my, the middle one's five, and then my daughter's three. So, but my nine year old does karate. Um, he's been doing that for a couple, probably coming up for a couple of years now. And my five year old goes to karate sometimes and does maybe just half an hour of the class. It's a bit advanced for him, but he likes to do his training got his little gi and stuff. So he enjoys that. And even my daughter came along this week and she did some stretching at the back and tried to follow along a little bit just as we were watching. So that that's great. Cause I mean, like see, for me, well, like at university, there were clubs like, you know, people into you know, soccer or um, rugby or whatever, but I was never, I was never into sport. The only club I was in was a nightclub. Um, <laughs> Yeah, And so that, that was the only club I was interested in, um, which was, a, you know, obviously a great social event, <laughs> but it wasn't the most productive use of time. Um, and uh, it was definitely a, um, uh, yeah, uh, you know, it was, a, it, it was a good, it was a good, very good experience. And I used to love going clubbing a lot, um, but you're not, you know, you're not particularly learning anything, you're not developing yourself in any way. Um, There's no progression. There's no progression. There's no, you know, you know, it's like, and and it's a very unhealthy environment to be in. And so, you know, that's how. Because this is the thing, I think it's like, particularly in the UK, uh, you've got your different, you know, sporting activities and stuff, but it's all tends to be largely based around drinking. And then if you're not, and, and drugs to a probably a certain extent as well. Um, but then if you're not into those, if you're not into that sports groups, then you're either pushed out into, you're either into music or, and that will manifest itself in the, you know, live gigs or nightclubbing. And that's kind of what I was into. But then, but growing up, it was really um, it, from a young age, from like 14 or so, everyone was smoking weed. Everyone was, drinking i didn't drink until i was about 16 so i was a late bloomer in that regard but i was smoking weed when i was 14 and then very quickly around the age of 16 17 everyone was taking drugs of some type either um speed or lsd or ecstasy or altogether or mushrooms and and it was like that was what everyone did and you go down the pub um when i was sort of 17 16 17 go down the pub and on a friday and saturday night and it was carnage in there. It was, everyone's drunk, everyone's high on some substance or another and then there's like after parties and stuff like this Um, and that was from, you know, people were like 15, 16 right through to blokes in their 40s or 50s.
0: They are, 15, 16 years old, that's children. That's just children. (laughs) Honestly.
1: Looking back on it now, like we used to go clubbing on a Thursday, Thursday night and I was I'd have been about 14 or 15. Um, and I would go, I didn't start, like I said, I didn't start drinking until I was sixteen, but I, I remember distinctly going when I was sixteen and I was drinking at that point, and we'd go to a nightclub with no ID at all, <laughs> get home at like two or three in the morning, um, splash some water in my face, go to sleep, get about three hours sleep, and then I'd have to go to school the next day. Wow. Um with Thankfully, no hangover, but probably still drunk. And um, but everyone, like everyone in my year at school, was at this club, and we go there every Thursday. Very so sure, sure, sporting.
0: Sure.
1: Yeah, exactly. But then this is it. Then it's just that, um, depending on who, who your temperament and who, who you are as a person, like you know, people touch into the club scene and and all that stuff, and then just kind of carry on and still have very successful lives. And then for other people, it's incredibly. It's a complete dead end and it sends them off in some really dark um, direction. Um, and I've certainly seen that as well. Um, and, and people n- not people close, particularly close to me, thankfully, but uh, who got into then eventually got into heroin uh, and crack and stuff like this. Um, so you, yeah, you've just got to be uh lucky, I guess, if you fall in with a the wrong if you if you you got to be looking not to fall in with the wrong crowd and also to have the kind of temperament that would stop you from going down that route anyway but mm. so i think but like going back to what you were saying the point about yes i think having these clubs is incredibly important um at the school uh, and university but i still think there's a there's another element because those things in and of themselves, because it's culturally dependent as well. Like, like yes. I said, like in Japan, it's going to be, I'm sure it's very different to the UK where the UK has got a heavy drinking culture. Drugs are still a big part of the cu- culture as well. Um, And so even though people can be, you know, like the rugby boys at university, for example, were like absolute animals when it came to drinking. And, mm-hmm. you know, they're the ones who are like, pouring vodka into their eye and all this kind of stuff and snorting vodka and all this you're like so like the 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 teams within them even in and of themselves weren't necessarily that um conducive to developing a um a sort of integrated masculine energy um i remember listening to audio book by um the guy who was in the sas ant middleton um who is quite a celebrity in the uk i had actually no idea when i'm Listen to his audiobook. Really interesting guy, and I remember even he was talking about being in the army and being seen as a bit of an outcast because he didn't want to be part of the big, like drinking, the aggressive drinking culture there, and it kind of set him apart from other people. Became a bit of a. It's like even within that context of an environment that you would think would be incredibly, you know, like it's all about discipline and, and um, bettering yourself, etc. But even in with that that environment, it was still that drinking culture and that kind of particular what you would probably classify as like a toxic masculinity was prevalent. And I think that going back to what was we saying earlier, I think that having a a really well-grounded um initiation process for men which is covers off the physical, the emotional and the spiritual aspects. And and not everyone, not every young man is going to be interested in this of course but the fact that it I feel that it should be available to young men regardless um, would I think would, would certainly help with a lot of um, problems in, in society because there's nothing more dangerous than a young man who's pumped full of testosterone who's let wild into the world but without any purpose and without any direction, without any real meaning, He's, yeah, it's a completely loose gun and that's that's when you get what people are concerned about with toxic masculinity. It's not to- it's not masculinity within itself that's toxic; it's the untrained man. Because, like masculinity, being a man, you're now. This is going to be a trigger warning for people, right? You're biologically a man. Now <laughs> whoa, sorry, whoa, just so, you, so yeah. are you sorry. qualified to make that kind of <laughs> statement? <laughs> So I'm sorry if that shocked anybody, but <laughs> so, so please, you know, any complaints then, uh, you know, send them my way. But so, bio- you know, you're biologically a man, which is a shocking thing to say in 2022. <laughs> and that, um, but it doesn't mean that you're, you're a male, but it doesn't mean that you're a man. Let's put it that way. Mm. So I think masculinity, like Jack Donovan talks about this. is like, masculinity in the modern age, isn't in the west at the moment isn't necessarily a requirement it's an optional extra so you can be a you be a man you can be a, a soft man you can be a soy boy etc that's not that's not a problem but to be a masculine man who's got you know courage strength honor mastery you know like all these all these qualities all these higher qualities that 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 men strive for um that that has to be an intentional choice to pursue that path because society within and of itself doesn't necessarily call for those things. Now, when shit, it's the fan, they will soon call for those men. It's easy to demonize, you know, um, these, you know, strong, brave men who have got gravitas, who've, uh, you know, uh, resilient and stoic, etc. cetera. They, these men get ridiculed largely. Um, as well as like you know physical strength, working you know doing, doing weightlifting and being concerned about your your physical strength, um, but society, like you say, if you're working in you know a call center, um, that may not necessar- be necessary anymore. It's not a, it's not a, a, a matter of survival. So I think having young men go through a process of kind of initiation.
0: I this think... was the rite of passage. Um, yes, 100%. historically, historically, there was always some kind of rite of passage into adulthood for both men yeah. and for women. Uh, because throughout the 200,000 years of, of human civilization, you needed to be a productive member of your community, you people needed to know that you can pull your weight You know, you can till the land when, when trouble comes, I can, I can hand you a spear and I know you've got my back. You needed to, you need to be able to go out and hunt and, and kill an animal and bring it back and (laughs) feed the people. That was a, that's a, that's a necessitous task. But now, um, yeah, like what do you need to sit, sit in a call center (coughs) and answer a phone? You don't need to
1: now you're lucky if you can get poor little Timmy to come out of his bedroom to stuff himself wanking himself blind. <laughs> or, 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 or playing Call of Duty or watching Marvel or Star Wars or whatever. And you're like, come on, people Timmy. Saying, we've got to go people and...
0: saying they get um, they get an anxiety attack because their phone rings. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Like,
1: Timmy, come on, mate. There's a there's a saber-toothed tiger over it. We've got to slay it and feed the tribe. <laughs> it's like, no... I'm just gonna let me have one more game
0: like for fuck's sake so uh, well earlier on when you were saying the more you were talking about kind of like um uh when you were talking about having these groups and having these communities and you know you were talking about it in the perspective of young men but as you were talking about that that made me think more again here in Japan it made me think more about how there are so many men and I think the vast majority honest to god i think the vast majority of men especially kind of the salary men is um they are so disconnected and lost and Mm. even uh, when they they leave school they get a job they they join their company and within their company okay yeah companies they have this um okay, maybe, yeah, they have this culture of like, oh, you go out with your boss and you go to the izakaya, the kind of like uh, restaurant mm. bar kind of thing, and, and you have this, this kind of, you drink with them. But that's just in the context of, of work. It's just more work. And uh, actually, honest to God, um, you won't believe this, but uh, there was a, a survey done recently. My wife told me about this. There was a survey done recently, and they asked... Uh, young schoolboys, they said, um, like, what's what? What what's your career? What do you want to be when you're? What do you want to be when you grow up? And the number one response was a salaryman. Like, <laughs> that's not even. That's not a job. That's like, I just want to work in an office. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter what I'm doing in that office. I just want to work in an office and be a salaryman and wear a suit, carry a briefcase get on the train and go to an office that is there that is the number one answer like it, it, there's nothing there there's no yeah so that's my thought now it's not just for the for kids but for honest to god men of all ages they are crying out for some kind of connection and that's what that's what i loved about the um about the military even working in security working in security i i was fantastic because you need to know that the, the guys you're working with, they have your back unquestionably, right? Mm. Unquestionably. Because when you're in a club, okay, and there's, you know, it's dark and there's loud music, when, when you look at someone, you look at like another, another security guard, you look at him, you need to be able to point some at someone and they know, okay, that person needs to leave. Okay, if I go if I go to one of my mates and and I, um, and I point at someone and I'm like, all right, he needs to leave. We're not gonna, he's not gonna come over me and go, oh, oh what's what's going on? What's the problem? Why does he need? We're not gonna have a conversation about it. Okay, we're in the <laughs> middle of a club and this guy is a problem. Okay, so that's what I would do. I would just point at someone and they would just unquestionably they would have my back. And uh, well, it was the same with the bar staff. If you had good bar staff, it was the same as them. If I say to the bar staff don't serve this person any more drinks, they would stop serving that person any more drinks. You're not, not going to have a conversation about it, okay? Mm-hmm. It just needs to happen. And, and the same for me. If they come to me and they say, this person needs to leave, I'm not going to start like, oh, well, what's happening? What's going on? It just needs to happen. And that that camaraderie and that understanding is just something like, even in, in a lot of offices, there's so much backstabbing office politics and gossiping and the people trying to climb over each other on the social ladder oh god it's horrible it's horrible um so anyway we could we could stand here complaining about the the uh, the ills of modern society but talking about mentors and talking about these kind of groups and these communities what is it that they actually give what is it that they provide um I think it's
1: that sense of belonging, it's accountability, it's having, having a space for um, healthy expressions of, of brotherhood and masculinity. So it's within, um, because if you, if, cause, cause men and boys and men form these groups anyway, naturally. And obviously it becomes more
0: difficult the older you are. But that's, that's but like, what people love about uh, sports teams, isn't it? Like, uh, England, yeah, exactly. Yeah. People, people. Oh, oh, this is my team. You know, this is my club.
1: Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Um, and uh, exactly. So people form those groups um, organically, but it just depends on whether those groups, if they're not uh, directed properly, if they don't have a, a, a an ultimate goal that they're aiming for, then. They will be. They can be just incredibly dysfunctional, and so I think it's having that. that, that yeah, like I said, the accountability, the honour groups where they've, they've got each other's back, and what they say is what they do, and they know they can trust each other. But they're all working towards a common, a common goal of um, bettering themselves and to be challenged as well. That to call each other out on their shit.
0: Yeah, that's but, it. You need to set certain standards, and then those standards need to be upheld um even if that can be sometimes difficult and unpleasant because yeah we we certainly went through a period in history where it was everybody's a winner everybody's a winner everybody gets a participation trophy um you know i I, you hear stories about um kids having like oh it's like a football tournament or something and the adults Mm. are saying oh we're not going to count the score we're not going to count the (laughs) scores But so that that just oh everybody's a winner you know don't, it doesn't matter let's just you know we don't want to feel we don't want anybody to feel excluded but then if you have that then there's no standards there's no standards and if there's no standards there's nothing to strive towards there's nothing to strive towards so then you say, well it doesn't matter if I do nothing and if I apply zero effort and if I just uh, indulge myself in in whatever addictions or degeneracy or anything it doesn't matter because because i'm a winner already but uh, no to to have those standards you need to set the you there needs to be a bar of entry there needs to be limits and if you if you again if you don't pull your weight but but that's not but again that's not to say that we're just oh turning people away, we're kicking people out. Is no, if if people are willing to put in the effort and if people are genuinely willing to to better themselves and to to put in the effort and to do the hard work, then we can help those people and we can uplift them. We can give them the knowledge and the information and the support and the opportunity. Because I really truly believe that barring some great physical or mental deformity that i really believe that anybody can excel anybody mm. can excel and can achieve great things if only you are willing to put in the effort
1: 100% i mean imagine having uh, an opportunity for young men to be able to go through you know a year's worth of initiation process like this of you know Um, physical fitness, learning how to, like, emotional resilience, emotional intelligence, meditation, um, learning how to even just, like, cook and about finances, um, and and going through that whole year-long initiation process with brothers who are at that pivotal point where they're all pushing each other, and then, then they're equipped or at least have the basic tools then to be able to go out into the world and create and then be positive um, beacons of light within their community because i have gone through, you know, this is obviously the idealised version of what would happen. But, I mean, it's certainly a, 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 not an option that's available now. Um, and obviously, because and, obviously you see the dangers of it. Like, if you look at, like, you know, inner city areas, certainly London where I was and, you know, you hear about parts of the world where, the, there's not that discipline there. The particular there's not oftentimes there's no father around that mm-hmm. like fatherlessness is incredibly dangerous. Um, and so you get boys who are in, join gangs because they're looking for that. They've got an honor group. They've got the discipline. They're obviously incredibly dysfunctional groups, but like they form those things anyway. And then it obviously takes youth workers and um, outreach groups and stuff to then try and, um, reintegrate these boys and use that that energy and that desire to you know create and earn money and actually put that towards something positive. Um, so you know these things are happening out there, but I think that it would be it's a shame that we don't see it more widely available. And I'd love to be able to do something like that uh, eventually. That's this, that the, the 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 it's not cost prohibitive for young men to be able to to have access to mentors uh across various different aspects like the you know the mind, body and spirit, and to be able to have access to these mentors and to be able to go through a whole process of like a like like I said, like a years initiation journey where they can then there feel equipped in the basics that they can then go out into the world and flourish. And then that that's that would have a massively positive impact on all of our communities Um, because you want these strong strong young men going out into the world and who aren't going to be who aren't mediocre and who are looking to and from all walks of life and from all parts of the world Um, because otherwise you've got a there's there's nothing structured and you kind of have to figure it all out on your own. And then that journey on your own. If you're so inclined and you want to be an entrepreneur, or you want to improve yourself in any way, um, there's so much information that's available these days, which is an incredible blessing. But also, it's incredible, incredibly difficult to know how to navigate and select exactly the right path and the right. You've almost got to prescribe your own um, self-development medicine these days, and I think you're lucky if you fall into like jiu-jitsu or karate or, or uh, kickboxing or Thai boxing or, or boxing, some kind of physical discipline, but like, um, yeah, that looking for that sort of like complete package, um, on your own is a, is an incredible challenge because it's such a, you know, so much information online. Um, there's so much, there's so many different avenues you can go down. And I think that having a, having a mentor, having a coach who can sort of, you know, un- get to know you, understand your temperament and your uh, blind spots and-, and shine a light on those so that you can work on that. Because like for me, for example, if I may share, like, you know, I was, it took me years to sort of, I, I was working on myself and I was trying to better myself as a person. I was like, practicing meditation, etc. but I still, I was sort of bumbling through it on my own and it took me years and years to actually make any progress because you don't know what you don't know. And I think that having someone there who can help tease out and shine a light on your blind spot. So this is the area that you have to work on. Um has got so much benefit um, because otherwise I think you can end up going down lots of dead ends or have unresolved issues, things that, you know, like I say, you don't know what you don't know, things that are going to be playing out in the, in the background, in the subconscious, that if you just had someone shine a light on it, you could resolve that issue, you know, quicker and start making some like real progress.
0: You're absolutely right. As as much as, you know, we all like to think, we all like to kind of from our own perspective, we like to think like, yeah, I, I know what I'm doing. I've got an idea of what I'm doing, but we really need someone from the outside to be able to look in, and um, and what that really requires us to be able to do is to look past our own ego and to look past our own pride. And that's yes. something that especially when I was a teenager, I was overflowing with with pride, and um, yeah, that was, it was very difficult for me. Um, but I, I didn't because looking around, there weren't any, there wasn't anybody that i really respected it wasn't until i got into martial arts when i was training with absolute killers um that i was like yeah i really respect these guys and, mm-hmm. and it was you know it's very clear that these guys are far superior to me um so yeah you have no choice but to acknowledge that and and then again in the military as well again you know these people literal killers um they they are far superior to you uh, in in what they know and again you have to respect that so I, I really respected that but when I was in school I just didn't have that but one thing you said before is about <clears throat> is about finding someone finding that complete package and I think you know if you can get that fantastic if you can find someone and and I know again maybe well you need to pay these people money but um people like ourselves uh, on Twitter you can find a lot of coaches um who who really do have who really are the complete package but um for me from my experience i found that um you maybe you can't find the complete package but you can find people who in their own specialty in their own field you can take from that for like, for instance, like in martial arts, a lot of the martial artists I've I've met is like, well, some of them. I'm thinking of one in particular. I'm not going to call him out, but he's a Brazilian jiu-jitsu black belt, and um, and he's a fantastic guy, really, really great guy. But he has some own. Like, I I sometimes see with uh, he has some kind of drama with his with his students because he has his own kind of like pride and um you know he has like a real no-nonsense attitude and he sometimes gets in some some like petty arguments and dramas with his own students so it's like okay well <laughs> from the physical side from the technical side you have so much to teach me but from a spiritual side well you know maybe maybe not so much but on the other hand you know i've i've uh, i've worked with a lot of monks um a lot of i just came back from a zen retreat last week And for these people from a spiritual side, from, um, from awareness and concentration and, um, compassion, they have so much to teach me and so much that I can learn from them, but they don't have the, you know, that, that killer's edge that, that I would find in somewhere like in martial arts or in the military. So, you know, yeah, so we can look around and we can see these, um, in, from different places, we can learn from different people, and we can do that with everybody on to some degree. Everybody has something to teach us, but mm. um, yeah, finding the complete package that is hard. But definitely, if if people can surround themselves with a selection mm. of, of mentors course, uh, to kind of build that web, that might be the trick. Yeah, And I think it's uh, increasingly
1: you know it's it's easier these days, like you say with you can dm people you can message um any number of different people and and like there are on more online groups now like i say for young guys it's probably i would imagine it will be slightly more cost prohibitive um to to access some of these um online communities um so
0: but even even without the cost i mean yeah like to have that one-to-one coaching yeah like you do have to pay some money. But um, from my experience, um, like I, my, I certainly with myself, like I have my book, um, but I'm always posting up online. Um, there's there's so, you know, people like ourselves, coaches, mentors, we're always sharing information. And if you just oh, follow yeah. these people, yeah, like there, there's, there is such a, a wealth of information. And maybe you can't have one to one coaching, but what you can do is ask questions ask questions, you know, like I'm, I know there's a lot of other coaches online where if, if they post up some, um, some content or a link to something, and if you just drop a little comment and you're like, Oh, um, what about this? Or, Oh, I'm struggling with Mm, this. They'll always respond. They'll always respond. Yeah. I get people,
1: uh, guys DM me on a regular basis. And I'm always happy to, to chat to people either through the DMS and jump on the occasional call. And, um, yeah always happy to cuz if sort think if someone's out there um on a self development journey or they're trying to uh, improve some aspect of their lives then 100% I'd you know completely support that as best i can um because i think it's great to see um and like you said there's so much um free uh information out there now and, and stuff on youtube and, and there's some really great people on twitter i think if you cult if you uh, going back to our previous point if you um curate your feed carefully you can be inundated with goodness in all types yeah. of different formats like you've got access to uh, you can listen to the world's greatest psychologists or um, jiu-jitsu uh, players and you know all, all this kind of stuff you can access all this motivational and educational information now so it's 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 there for sure and um, which is which is great and in fact i mean Having this conversation, anyone listening to this now, I'd be, I'm sure myself and Lewis will both be really interested to hear from you about your experience about this, what we're talking about, because um, this is, you know, this I'm really enjoying this conversation, mm. and one of the outcomes would be be great to hear directly from people listening about about their experience and their insights based off. What, what this conversation sparks off in them whether they agree or disagree or their own personal experience of where they grew up I'd be fascinated to hear that
0: yeah because like on the one hand like I was saying before on the one hand um I know that I'm connected with like young guys um teens late teens early 20s and that's really exciting for me because like god uh, I wish I had this kind of content when I was like 14, 15 years old. God, I wish. Um, yeah. so that's really exciting, but on but on the other hand, you know, even if somebody's in their 30s or 40s or any age, um, hmm. that's also exciting because you know, when somebody has that moment, um, cuz most people when they get into their mid or later life, they just kind of like, "Oh, okay, this is my life." You know, they just surrender themselves to it. But I'm so inspired when I see those people who later in life they 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 make that choice. You're like, you know what, this isn't I'm not happy. And I'm gonna do something about it. I'm gonna look for answers. I'm gonna take action. Oh god, I love it. I love it, honestly. So um yeah I, I'm always so happy to hear from people. So there's a lot of content and there's a lot of people that you can follow. And there's a lot of opportunity, but something you spoke to me about just the other day is about um, about not not getting ahead of yourself. I don't know how how you describe it, but um, you were talking about. Well, it reminds me of Maslow's hierarchy of needs. About you know, self transcendence is like way off at the top, and there's certain things you need to get in in order before you start delving too deep into your into your psyche and trying to unpack that kind of thing so what do you think is if somebody whether it's whether it's a teenager whether it's someone in their 20s 30s 40s any age man or woman what do you think is what are the first things that people need to get in line if, they, if they're trying to give their life some kind of direction
1: excuse me um yeah that's a great question um, I think it's yeah. So I kind of I think it depends. It's on a, it depends on a case by case basis, obviously, because everyone's got sort of different uh, experience, life experiences, or traumas, or um, experiences that are going to form temperament as well. Sorry, that's going to form who they are and what they need. I think like addressing the the basics of you know um, exercising lifting weights like good food um having a having a good routine and like conscious media consumption are sort of like the the fundamental things but uh, and these are the things that you, the advice the general advice that you would hear a lot about on um, on twitter for example and a lot of the self-help stuff on youtube but i think i think d- at a deeper level than that and, and the stuff that it took me years to kind of come to realization about was about having a positive growth mindset and um, being conscious of your working on your core beliefs so that your core beliefs around yourself, others and the world and exploring those beliefs that you have that may or may not be correct. And that even if, that you are largely unconscious of and probably never tested uh, in the real world, um, your self-talk, your emotional and intelligence, which would include things like um, emotional self-regulation, um, uh, coping strategies, as well as your mindset, those sorts of things, um, and also I find what I found incredibly helpful was did a, a Enneagram personality test, and that was that was the first personality test I've done that I found incredibly helpful, um, and was. Really accurate. I don't know if you, i recommended it to a few people. Enneagram.
0: Yeah, and, you've uh, mentioned that, that before, yeah. and it is really interesting.
1: Yeah, it's inc- it's a, it's um, it's an incredibly powerful tool. What uh, what I found helpful with it is to sort of you kind of feel like it's easy to feel that you're unique in your experience of of life, and what the enneagram does is points out that while you are unique in your own way, you're actually also not that unique at the same time and you share certain um, uh, styles and temperaments or proclivities, etc with with a lot of other people um, And so the, the enneagram was helpful for me certainly um, to kind of point that out to me and also and through that knowledge you can kind of it becomes easier to see, the or it covers some of these blind spots that you probably not obviously you're not aware of because they're blind spots. It helps you uncover those and start to um, uh, find areas that where you can start working to work on as improvement. So, I think that's the sort of deeper level stuff that I think that on top of the basics, like I say, exercise, food, a good routine, conscious media consumption, um, and then going deeper into those core beliefs, your mindset, the self-talk, coping strategies, uh, understanding all that aspect. Um, And that's when you can, you know, doing them, you know, I did a lot of like creative, like shadow work stuff, where I was doing more creative writing to use that to um, gain a better understanding on like stuck states or um, certain ways of being um, and, and trying to do that in a more, like creative fashion by using writing to break out of my head and uh, use that more uh, creative side.
0: Yeah. Journaling is something. Journaling. Yeah. I always recommend. Yeah.
1: Oh, definitely. Journaling is like morning pages, like free writing and stuff or doing it based around um, answering particular questions is incredibly powerful tool. Definitely. Like I've, I'm not massively consistent with it. I will be honest, but, um, I sort of dipping in and out of it every couple of weeks probably, um, depending on what I've got going on. But I always find it incredibly helpful to do that, just to dump on the page um, right then some gratitude, some affirmations um, and just like a, a, a dump, a mind dump uh, onto the page, yeah, of uh, journaling and is it incredibly powerful. So I've got my son doing it now actually, uh, just as a writing practice and he's got a like a life journal thing that's got Prompts and he answers those questions. Like it's aimed at kids, uh, but he does that. Uh, try and get him to do that every day. So he does that. He's got practice in writing. He's practicing articulating ideas, um, and also being there's lots of conscious reflection there as well. I think That's, to, that's
0: incredibly powerful. Um, r- more everybody needs more reading and writing, um, but uh, at a young age as well. That's that will really. That will really help him, like you said, to articulate himself, to become more eloquent, um, yeah, uh, to be to be well read, and then to to practice that himself is huge. Um, you said about before about mindset, and um, yeah, having the understanding the difference between a fixed mindset and a growth mindset is absolutely critical. I know the book. Mindset by Carol Dwick is, um, it's a very, very common book, very popular book. And some people like to shit on it a little bit, like, as oh, really? Uh, uh, yeah, you know, it's one of those books, like, um, what is it, like, Laws of Power? You know, it's kind of like, oh, it's a midwit book that's, you know, <laughs> people like to kind of, yeah, 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 whatever. But honestly, when I read that book, when I read Mindset, like, the book could be half as long as it is and it would, it would. It would make the same point, but um, but what I re- you know when I first read that book when I first kind of got, got it and I and and I and I got through okay this is a fixed mindset this is a growth mindset yeah 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 I understand I get it I get it that's fine it's it's good it's interesting but the more I read that book the more I read it and the 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 further I went through it the more I saw back to my childhood and especially my mm. teenage years and the more i understood how i had a fixed mindset and the more i understood how that shaped me growing up and and i was just like oh my god it it really yeah the more i read it it kind of shook me a little bit and um and and yeah and really honestly um it's all well and good being able to understand it but being able to recognize when the fixed mindset arises I know for me when it comes to studying Japanese um yeah sometimes I can have a fixed mindset and I and I and I have like a, a negative attitude about it and oh I can't do this and, and you know like I'm not as good as other people and and I see mm. it coming up and and now it it's catching it as it arises having that growth mindset and recognizing that fixed mindset as it arises that should be the at the absolute bedrock of your philosophy that should be the the foundation upon which everything else stands it, it really you can't overemphasize how important that is um, and you said as well you said about um kind of exercise i i often like to think about physical intellectual and spiritual the kind of the triangle, the triumvirate hmm. of qualities: physical. Yeah, everybody needs to have um, some degree of physical activity, whether it's exercise, whether it you know cardio, weightlifting, just playing sports, just being outside, being active, going for hikes, and uh, and thinking about your nutrition as well, being conscious of what you eat. That's so important. Intellectual. Um, you need to have you need to be studying. Everybody needs to be studying um, and trying to um, improve their, their critical thinking skills. I like to read a lot of um, stoic philosophy. I'm currently reading uh, Epictetus. So yeah, um, improving yourself intellectually and spiritually. Again, that's a very broad topic. But thinking about the the qualities, um, the virtues that you wish to pursue, the core beliefs. The way the way I heard, uh, I heard spirituality defined really nicely as um, your spirituality is your core set of rules and beliefs. So mm. some people think oh spirituality is like you know like are you religious or you know what do you worship and it's like well no your core set of rules and beliefs so your spiritual practice even if you're a very scientific materialistically minded person you know if 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 science if that is your spiritual compass then then that's that or for some people it's you know um, upholding the law Um, or for some people it's pursuing democracy, you know, that, that's your spiritual belief too, but being conscious of your spiritual belief and being conscious of, of what is your moral compass and your
1: orientation in life.
0: Yeah. What, what establishes your virtues? Being conscious of that is extremely important Um, because yeah again everybody likes to think like oh well you know i i know the difference between right and wrong and and i'm a good guy and i'm i'm on the side of justice it's easy to think that but we really need to be very conscious of it to be really very very conscious of exactly what those virtues are
1: yeah and that's the deep exploration isn't it where you're like and i think this relates back to your previous point about learning and um sort of education and <clears throat> stretching yourself intellectually. I think this is part of it as well. It ties in with this spiritual aspect because you you don't want it to become um, an ideological um, trap, an ideological vice where you're, it's, I think it's something to hold loosely and with great curiosity that it's your, it's going to be your sort of orientation in life and help you to contextualize the lived experience so whether you're an agnostic an atheist or a buddhist or whatever it might be you're going to have a particular and obviously if it's a if it's you know if you're aiming it from within a a religious tradition then obviously it's got a lot more grounding with practices but you can still be like you say you can still you can still have your stoic philosophy and there's very much the Practical mm. exercises that you would do as part of your sto- the 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 physical the embodiment of your um, stoic philosophy. Well, that's, that's what but the I think stoic
0: I'm, philosophers themselves they always say is incredibly practical. If, if you if you can't apply your philosophy to life, then it's just it's just kind of like you know intellectual navel gazing. It's just uh...
1: so. So maybe that's it then. So maybe the spiritual spiritual aspect of it is that it's actually it's applied
0: how does so it meaningfully how does it manifest itself?
1: yeah how does it manifest itself if it's just like you could believe in god for example mm. but then not have that impact on your life in any way shape or form yeah, then that's, that's not yeah, that's, that's not it. that's not really a spiritual practice that is
0: so true that is really really true you say to people like you know a lot of people's spiritual insight just comes down to do you believe in god yes i believe in god okay (laughs) the end (laughs) okay all right okay okay all right all right you you believe in god okay good what does that mean what does that mean yeah what are the implications of that how does that actually directs your life in any meaningful way because a lot of people it doesn't it doesn't it's just like oh well i think after we die this happens okay but Mm -hmm. what does that mean how does that how does that change the trajectory of your life as opposed to if you believed something else
1: so yeah so i think the spiritual aspect it could be spiritual or philosophical uh elements of your life is has to be applied for it to have any kind of meaningful impact. And the point before I forget is about the intellectual aspects as well. I think it's important. I, I personally believe it's important to read widely and to read things that you would, or listen to things that you would actually normally disagree with mm. um, and look for stuff on the fringes because it is stretching your um, understanding of um frames of reference and, and positions to, to look at the world well breadth. breadth. Yeah. So yeah, exactly. So like I, for that so I've got a great deal from reading, um, like anarchist thought and anarcho-primitivist and, um, even anarcho-capitalist thought and, and even like, so on the, on the fringes, that's things that are like, you know, Luddites that are criticizing technology and anarcho-primitivists, um, And a whole host of different positions, politically or spiritually, because I think it's, you can kind of wrestle with these different um, ways of understanding the world. And then you may not agree, the purpose isn't to necessarily agree with it, but it's just to stretch your thinking to say, challenge yourself to say, well, I don't agree with this, but this is why. I don't agree with it.
0: I have said um, I've said to several people before that um, you need to be <coughs> able to understand the people you disagree with. If you don't understand the people you disagree with, you cannot disagree with them. All you have is a misunderstanding. Yeah, if you yeah. if if you don't understand them, then it's just well you don't understand them. For well, you to be is- able to disagree with them, you need, need to be able to understand why they believe what they believe and why you disagree with that, and that requires a deep, clear understanding. You can't just reject it out of hand.
1: Well, this is goes back to the previous point earlier about everyone's a Nazi, um, <laughs>
0: yeah.
1: and it's like this really like short character caricature version of dismissing someone that you at a surface level disagree with and you actually it just shows a lack of willing to understand the other and you're trying to um, dehumanize the other without trying to gain a sense of understanding about what what's what position do they actually hold because you can't just dismiss people and say oh blanket this person is a Nazi or whatever it might be um because it shows just a lack of no it's, just, it's okay it's just a, it just shows a, a lack of willingness to actually put yourself in that other person's position to say actually there may be things in here that I don't I don't agree with but I understand why this person feels like this and then from that position of understanding you can better come to a point of um discussion because you're meeting the other and say, I understand that you have the, what are your concerns? What are your motivations? What are you, what do you desire? What are you trying to create and what are you trying to get away from? And if we can kind of start picking apart, people are too quick to criticize and want others to conform and to give advice. And they're too
0: slow to actually ask questions and listen. Mm. Yeah. It's um people like to pigeonhole um, because it, it makes things easy. It makes things easy. Um, one thing we've seen over the last few years, or well, two things we've seen, is one is uh, Trump supporters. It's like it's like, oh, you support Trump? Oh, well, there you go. That answers yeah, exactly, everything. Yeah. You support Trump. You're one of those people. You're the enemy. You're you're not educated like me because you support Trump. Or the other one is just um, anti-vaxxers. It's like, oh, <laughs> you've, you've not got the you've not got the vaccine or, or even if you're just you're concerned about the vaccine. Oh, well, you're an anti-vaxxer. And if you're an anti-vaxxer, you're anti-science. And if you're anti-science, well, then you're an idiot. So it's just it's just pigeonholing people and completely dismissing. But one thing I was going to say is um, mm. even as as like a thought exercise as an experiment, it's like, OK, so so Nazis, as we've established, they are the great evil. They are the great, um, the bad guys that we can all agree the Nazis are bad. Okay, well, let's look at Nazis. And you should be able to ask yourself, what do they believe? Why do they believe it? Okay, why did Hitler rise to power? Like, how could that possibly come about? You know, and and actually really look into it. Look into what he believed. Why did that appeal to people post world war one think about the uh, the sociological issues within germany at that time think about how how people were, felt and um what he was offering them and the the kind of the ideas and the emotions and the feeling and the the philosophy and look into that very very clearly like you know these these people i mean jesus christ like uh, hitler was some one guy who went from a failed artist to conquering Europe and challenging the whole world. I mean that is an incredible achievement you know whatever you think about the guys like yo like fair play that is pretty impressive so so for him to be able to achieve that like how could he possibly do that how could he possibly rally so many people behind him it's the same thing with trump it's like look whether you think he's sexist or racist or whatever like in the in the previous election, he got more votes than any other president in history, with the exception of Biden. Okay, <laughs> how did so many people vote for him? How did he have so much support? You can't just say, "Oh, if you vote for Trump, then you're a racist." Really, fifty percent of Americans are racist? Really? Yeah. Like, that, unfortunately, that's the, preposterous.
1: And unfortunately, the minute that people dismiss anyone's um, you know, voting preference or or ideas, and they kind of uh, seek to demonize it. All they do is push the other person further away, yeah, and entrench their position. Because then you end up with two camps, and this is the toxic side of social media. Well, I think social media in general has been has a has a net negative impact on society. I think that while we're saying it offers all these amazing opportunities for people, it is a net negative. Uh, because of the division it causes and because it's so easy for people to demonize anyone they disagree with and shut them down. Like cancel culture is fucking stupid. It's like, so we are unwilling to listen to anyone else. And if you have ever said anything historically that I disagree with or I deem to be offensive, then therefore you, now, you no longer now have the right to. um the public square, and so we're going to dismiss you out of hand, destroy your life, um, because because of, because of my feelings, because I'm yeah. upset about something, or, or even not even a not even a, a genuine uh, offence, but just a perceived. Oh, I don't like this person and what they're saying. Like Jordan Peterson, for example, they want to shut him down, not and not really engage with him, and not really understand what he's what he's saying. It's just like they've got a caricature version of who Jordan Peterson is. And right, so I've then decided to make it my mission to cancel him and protest him and uh, have him shut down and all this kind of stuff. Um, and it just shows again; it just shows a weakness of character and a lack of emotional uh, self awareness that all all people end up doing, unfortunately, is being they're projecting onto other people probably the worst aspects of themselves and it's easier then to make them virtue signal but also to deny that within themselves and project it onto other people so the evils that, that then it comes back into being goodies and baddies again um and it's simplistic it's a simplistic way of um dividing the world it goes back to again like classic like we said previously about goodies and baddies i'm the goodie you're the baddie i'm the virtuous puritan um, this other person is the devil incarnate. Um, And therefore there is no grounds for me for discussion or understanding. I don't seek to understand that person. It's just I will dismiss them and um, feel morally superior.
0: How how these people don't see... Again, we we said before about those who um, those who don't learn from history are doomed to repeat it. How these people don't see that every tyrannical um, government or party or organization in history has always begun with that kind of censorship. Just censor the opposition. Censor the opposition. Shut down dissenting voices. How even today? I mean, in China, in North Korea, like how these people they think, oh well, it's okay. You can see, you have freedom of speech so long as you agree with me. How these people don't see the horrifying implications of that is beyond me. But also at the same time, uh, there seems to be this absurd naivety because i remember like when um when biden was elected i remember people saying online uh, people were saying like oh good oh thank god now now the conflict is over now now we can heal like all those people who voted for trump they're not just going to disappear like <laughs> yeah just because just because biden got elected like all those people who who voted against him they're not just going to pack up and say oh well okay well I guess that's the end for us. Let's be quiet now. <laughs> like okay. Get on the Biden track get on the Biden train. Yeah. Like that that's just absolutely preposterous. Like silencing people um doesn't make them go away. It's just this this kind uh, of uh, this like I I'm think I'm I'm covering my eyes and I'm covering my ears and la, la 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 la, I'm not listening, I can't hear you. Oh, they don't exist anymore. That's just I think it's so it's so
1: incredibly dangerous as well. It's it's very dangerous. Da- because very, it, by, very dangerous. By labeling someone um an anti-vaxxer or a trump tromper, whatever, whatever trumpet, trump, Are you a trumpet. Trumpet. <laughs> trumpet. Trumpet. I like trumpet. You could be a trumpet. That makes sense. So like, if you're a, if you're, a, if you're a trumpet or if you're a, a anti-vaxxer or whatever, you, whatever, you know, um, way that you've been demonized, um, all it's doing is saying that we're not willing to engage with you in a conversation because we're, going to caricature you and um, put you in a little box and therefore but when that person is then excluded from the conversation and excluded from being understood their grievances and they're justified or not whatever they might be they still stand as you say and but then they're left to fester with those and that pushes people more and more to a uh, minority people i'm sure but pushes people more to the extreme because when they're When there's no, when we're not seeking to understand and have robust discussions and trying to come to a place of uh, understanding and to the truth rather than coming to a place of uh, ideological unity, um, then you just end up dividing people further and pushing them to more of an extreme position, which is what we see a lot on on social media. Um, And how does a society? actually heal from that? Because you look at the division in America, certainly, but in Australia, where I live now, and I'm sure in many other countries around the world, they're really divided places and you don't have that consensus anymore for people to rally around and to come together. And so how do we how do we heal? How do we actually have a healthy, um, constructive society when you have when you divide the society 50-50 down the middle and say, we're the winners, they're the losers, there you go, case closed, it's finished. It's like, you can't have a functioning, a healthy society. All you're going to end up doing is degenerating society and um, the public order and a sense of um, cohesion, social cohesion. You'll just degenerate that more and more and more over time. And that never ends well. So by closing down speech and by closing down discussion and by preventing understanding and coming to some mutual uh, common ground, society just doesn't function like that, particularly on large scale, like on a local area. Like if you could say, okay, well, I believe this, you believe that, I'm going to live here, you're going to live there, let's just leave each other alone. Like if you can do that, cool, that's... That's the way to go, but the way that society's structured presently, you've got large land masses with tens of millions of people who are to, to have this society functioning have to rally together behind a unifying idea, and that's yeah. what we don't have. We splintered it. It's the um, alienated, and uh, everyone's got their own individual position. And you know, entrenched in those positions as well, um, and then othering people and dividing people. I don't see how society can be healthy or to move forward in any kind of really constructive way with with all that going on. And I don't know how we go about healing that as a as a community. Um, oh, I really don't know because it just seems to get it just seems to get worse and worse at the moment. And people jump on even like you know people are like they'll use any opportunity to j- jump on a bandwagon to say it's us versus them. Even like Will Smith and Chris Rock, <laughs> you're like it's really, <laughs> you're like there's two camps or like um, Johnny Depp and yeah. Amber what's her face Amber Heard like Amber Heard you go not um, like, follow these things particularly, <laughs> but like you can't help but see it and you're like but people are on the Johnny camp. Well, very few people yeah. seem to be on the Amber Heard yeah. camp, but but they're all demonising each other and it's another us and them game. Like, us and them is the greatest game. It's the greatest trick that the devil's ever played on the world and it it's keeps getting played. Duality, isn't it? Good, <laughs> yeah, yeah. light and dark, yin and yang. 100%, 100%. And this is it. And, like, people fall for that trick, you know, since um, time immemorial. And um, it's just for us to be conscious i suppose it's for the people who are conscious of the game that's being played within the matrix that it's 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 a duty of people if they're awake to the game to not get sucked into the game and to to use their creative energy to put something out into the world that is healthy and um spiritually edifying and encouraging the best of people to take people on that journey of self-actualization that they then can be a positive influence in the world and they can ripple that out to their sphere of influence. And I think that with all the, that's the only thing I can see is that you've got, there's all this division, there's all this game that's being played intentionally or not without getting into the conspiracy aspect of it, but there's this division that's been sown within society and I think if you see through that, if you don't want to be a part of that, then it's playing playing a small part in creating something far healthier and creative and um, yeah, constructive within the world. Because otherwise you just sit back and you're another armchair critic about you know the degenerate the degenerate society, etc. And it's like that's got its place. But aside from criticizing what goes on, it's actually creating alternatives and building um, networks of people who are on that journey of
0: self-actualization. Yeah, absolutely. That's a good point to end on. Um, If you read any of the great patriarchs, any of the ancient texts, it says exactly the same thing in the Bhagavad Gita in um, Dogen Zenji, the great uh, Zen monk or the the Stoic philosophers, they all say the exact same thing about the um, Maya, the illusion, uh, within the world that of these these social issues these political issues and how they are just constant and these are in texts that are 2002 2500 years old they talk about the exact same things the same issues mm-hmm. the same the same noise the same you know people shouting and screaming and they're upset and like I'm right you're wrong it's the exact same thing and yeah like you said to be able to see beyond that and that goes back to to, to two things that we were mentioning earlier is first of all is to have a clear idea a very very clear image and I mean like write this down a very very clear image of what you believe what you are pursuing the virtues and the qualities that you are trying to cultivate. You know, in my book, I talk about uh, the 16 virtues of Achilles, that I I am very, very conscious. I have 16 qualities that this is what I'm trying to cultivate. This is what I am trying to pursue. So you need to have that very, very clear in your mind. And then again, as you mentioned way back at the start, we're talking about the, um, the, the conscious consumption of media. To be able to, to, once you have in very, very clearly laid out, okay, this is what I'm pursuing, this is what I'm trying to cultivate, then you can look at everything else and you can say, okay, is this in alignment? Mm-hmm. with what i am trying to pursue and what i am trying to cultivate because if it's not it's just distraction and it's just noise and you know you can d- dip into some things like i've been watching a few little videos about the whole uh, johnny depp case i think it's interesting from a perspective of like um domestic abuse of a woman abusing a man i think it's really um it's it's good that this is like a, a public thing that people are aware of mm-hmm. but um but yeah um, there's a lot of stuff where it's just like don't get sucked into it don't let it distract you even if everybody else is you know that's the hot topic that's what everybody's talking about it, it, don't let it don't let it distract you from your true purpose stay in accordance with the way well, that's a good point to stop on So, because uh, we could just keep going all day. And I'm sure we will have um, a follow-up to this again in the future. And uh, and we could get some other guests in as well because, yeah, these are some really good conversations. And, um, and I hope people find it inspiring or um, – what's the word I'm looking for? Like reassuring that – like like as we were saying before you know a lot of people don't have that direction and they don't have that community and they don't have that framework that maybe they need or that they want and I hope that listening to this people people can have that have a little bit more confidence that it is possible to to get that to to find that whether it's in your local community or whether it's online and to be able to cultivate that framework within their own lives um yeah i hope i hope that's um given some people some inspiration
1: yeah i certainly hope so i'd be really interested to hear from people who've uh, listened to this today and um yeah get in touch with either myself or, or lewis and um let us know what you think from what, what did this conversation bring up what was a, a take-home for you and what would you like to have seen us talk more about because I've really thoroughly enjoyed this conversation. Thank you for inviting me on to your podcast today. Uh, it's been a real pleasure and I'm definitely interested in hearing like if this resonates with people and their own personal experience as well uh, as uh, growing up or being a young man today. Yeah. I'd, I'd be really interested to hear off people about their, about their experience. So.
0: Yeah. And, and cause we talked, we, we were the, everything we talked about today. We talked from quite a, like a, um, a, a step back, like kind of wide view. We covered a lot of, it, of topics, and if there are things that you know people would like us to go into in more depth, that can we can certainly do that. So that would be really interesting. Um, so we will definitely follow up with that in the future. Um, Jay can be found on Twitter at Black Dog Alchemy um you've got a lot of links to your content there and of course yeah we'll be doing this again in the future so yeah once again thank you very much and i will look forward to speaking with you again very soon take care mate thanks very much thank you very much